Adam Driver, I don't really care for that much as an actor. Um, but he he does his. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm getting a little bit of like eyebrow raises from the audience. Um, I don't care for him that much. But this movie did make me care for him a little bit more. Um, and Gaga's really yeah. good. I think she's the main reason to really see House of Gucci is for her performance as Patrizia Reggiani. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not. I'm driver's just fine. Like anything he's in, I'm like. I'm gonna go watch it. So. I, don't, I, like, I don't. I like. I I don't. I don't get it. Like I don't get the the sex appeal of it. Like when everyone's like, "Oh, he's so handsome." I'm like, I don't understand. Like he like. Okay, he looks like Joe Schmo, and that's great because we love to see Joe Schmo's on the movie screen. However, I don't know. It's just not Joe Schmo appealing to me. Like I don't know. I agree with Matt. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. Is is this gonna oh, be the divide? Is the team Adam Adam versus team whatever? Team Joe Schmo. Yeah, team Joe Schmo. Yeah, Who's for team man. Adam? Raise your hand. Alex is now my true love. <laughs> Our mutual distaste for for Adam Driver. <laughs> my true love. My true love is Adam Driver. So no. uh, <laughs> we had a nice romance. We had a good long, like what, eight months? You know, we had a good. We'll in front of it. It's just time to move on. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't really know about the sex appeal. I just, I like him as an actor, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. I did yeah. not like Marriage Story, but I do like. I oh God, I did not. Eight, eight Marriage Story. Oh boy, oh, oh, I loved it. I loved it. I did like Marriage Story. <gasps> wow. Alex is just unpopular opinion today. <laughs> I love yeah. it though. I love the shit stir. Our our audience has been telling us that we're far too agreeable, so I gotta come <laughs> out. Really? I have to come out and be a contrarian. Sasha listened to the Sasha listened to the hateful thing. We did a a, a uh, what's it called like a, a case study of our audience, <laughs> one person specifically. <laughs> yeah, one one audience member out there is saying that we're far too agreeable. So. Yeah. I came. I came in with with some some nasty notes or good notes, depending on what you guys say. I'm just gonna go with the opposite one. No, let you. Wait, you do have notes about the podcast about what? what oh no, 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 about the about the movie. <laughs> oh, oh. I so if you were, like kind of critique us, I was like, okay. no, 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 no. If if you guys end up liking Deadpool, I'm just gonna go with the dislike Deadpool. And that's just gonna. That's just gonna be my. That should just be my my podcast character from now on. I just. Oh, okay, okay. I'll be like, who's that? Who's that guy from the NBA? Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell. Are you talking about Skip? Yes, I'll be the Skip Bayless of the of the the panel. Okay. Unpopular opinion, Andy over here. I like it. Um. Alrighty. Uh, Welcome back, audience. To another episode of Cinema Stats Five Year re- Review, we are recording live from the land of the Kumayai, sunny San Diego, California. I am your host Valente Martinez, and with me today I have I'm Alonso Martinez. Anybody else? Let's go through these silent pauses so we don't know who's going to go next. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll go. I already started talking. Um, Lucia Elena Ventura and I eat spaghetti while recording this. I'm sorry to my viewers, but we're going to to eat because um, I will be eating as I'm talking. Sorry for the rude manners. 
Uh, Alex Vega here, your local cinematographer. And then I am Matt Rodriguez, old Hollywood connoisseur, and what was the other word I was going to use to describe myself? I can't remember, but I'll think about it at the end of the episode. And then, um, Aaron, I think I cut you off. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you're fine. We don't need to know. No, I am uh, <laughs> Aaron Ramirez. Um, and get ready for the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Aaron, why don't you let everybody know what today's episode is? Today we are reviewing Deadpool 2016. That's right. Sweet. Yay. What a fun one. Uh, <laughs> alrighty. So what does everybody remember? Oh, wait. Did everyone see it? Did everyone see this in theaters? Yes. I did. You did? Twice oh, in wow. Oh. Wow, Alonzo. And Alex, you didn't see it in theaters either. No, this was my first time watching it, actually. Whoa! Yeah. Same. I haven't seen it. I loved it. Oh, okay. Whoa! Wait, well, okay, so it's split down the middle. Never mind. Yes. Okay. I saw it a year after. Yeah, but like, in theaters, though. No, no one saw it? Yeah, shit, I did. I, I made sure to watch it. It looked, it looked really entertaining. Uh, Matt, uh... Yeah, what well, how, how did you see it? How, how was it? Um, so it was 2016, I remember. I'm pretty sure... So the promotion for this film leaned heavily on the fact that it was going to be released the weekend of Valentine's Day. And I remember that I saw it on Valentine's Day with a friend. Um, I remember like that was our thing. It's like, we were going to go to dinner and then see Deadpool. And... Um, that that's that's where I saw it, and I have a, I like I vividly remember this movie because there was one scene in particular, like early on, that I remember I was just like, oh my god, like it was just jarring. I just remember being, but I was. It also came at a time when I was very young, and I was like a lot of things shocked me. Now I'm not shocked so much. Um, but yeah, that that was my first little experience with it. Aaron. Yeah, I saw it twice in theaters, and it was like back to back weeks, I think. Yeah, nice. I, I do remember like the the Valentine's Day like marketing where it was trying to like, I guess, a prank almost. People were thinking it was like a rom com, because it is yes. like a love story technically. Yeah, I remember. Um, but uh, I saw it twice. I saw it first with my my friends in college, and then I saw it again because I'm just a huge comic book geek, and like the the whole backstory for this movie was like really hyped up it was really like fan initiated i guess like it was really supported by the fans when it was like struggling and pre-development and so i was just so hyped to see it yeah yeah true yeah i, I yeah i remember all of that honestly it just it was really funny i remember it was uh it, it put the part of marvel's run uh the mcu's run where it was kind of getting boring because it was like the second phase or whatever and just yeah. maybe Ant-Man was coming around, made fresh enough, but it was like pretty boring. Yeah. You know, starting to show the real limitations of comic book heroes and then Deadpool totally like made it better, honestly in my in my opinion. But made it made it, it, it like it like bought five more years for the comic book <laughs> for me. But yeah, I was very clearly gonna follow up. But um Okay, uh yeah, uh first impressions from from the rest, what what did what do y'all what, what, what do y'all think? How did y'all receive this film? 
I'll go and see it. Go for it. Yeah, because you you can see I'm thinking. Um, <laughs> first, I well, I think when did I watch it? I watched it late at night last week. Um, short answer: I loved it. It was definitely like I did not. I went into it expecting kind of Marvel formula of origin story kind of situation where everything's like dramatic and like moody and you have the action shots and then you have your hero like angsty after his transformation and he's like, I'm now changed forever. And like this, I love, it's so hard to describe, but like I loved how insane it was. Like the fourth wall stuff was really interesting too because it didn't feel um like too comedic at times and it felt more like kind of natural um main character narrating the film but also like some of the jokes I was just like I even had subtitles on but like some of the jokes I was like totally not expecting or like the stuff they said um but I loved how sacrilegious it was to the superhero formula um or movie trope um I'm curious to see how the comic books were um because all i knew about deadpool going in was like somehow he's involved with spider-man but like i didn't know that he was technically a mutant and like within the x-men universe and i liked how the x-men are like bro you kind of have to stop doing this like why don't you just like go live with us at on campus and he's like fuck that place like fuck but like he's he doesn't care um and just like very morally gray but you know he just means well for like the people he cares about but yeah I don't know I I loved it I didn't even take notes like I was just so engrossed in how good the movie was and just for our viewers to know the past couple meetings I've come in I have at least two pages of notes to talk off of and the fact that like I just had so much fun watching this so it was really good nine out of ten but I'm not giving it a ten out of ten but nine out of ten yeah, Alonzo, what did you, uh, how about you? Um, for suppressions? Yeah, I remember, so, like, it was, like, a year after the hype of the movie died down. Yeah. Because, you know, the thing I was booking, it was just all the hype, and uh, a friend of mine showed me the movie on his iPad. That's hard. Yeah, I remember liking it a lot. I do remember that I was aware of his character because there was that video game, Marvel vs. Capcom, I think the third one. Where his character, yeah, I played as. I just knew the costume was like, oh, that was cool. Like, and I played the character, and I just remember I was like completely different from what I thought. This type of guy, like I thought it was gonna be some like edgy, <laughs> but it ends up just being like this fourth wall breaking kind of guy. But yeah, overall, like, the movie's fun. I I did like it. Alex, first impressions, first time seeing it. Uh yeah, so I remember. I guess going going up to like when it was going to be released, I'm honestly kind of surprised that this is a movie I would catch. I'm actually not a big fan of Ryan Reynolds. I really don't find him funny, but I think Deadpool's actually like the perfect character for him. Like there were this is like the perfect character for Ryan Reynolds, and I think that what he brought to it was was so good i think he elevated the character of deadpool like and played him as well as like anyone could have like uh it's it's crazy because i don't think enough people talk about like that like great casting and characters i think this is like way up there with like hugh jackman as wolverine and um yeah i thought it was funny 
there was a lot of jokes. I think I think the jokes in the movie could like make or break scenes at times. I think that they throw so many jokes at you that it's kind of like some of them kind of go over your head. Some of them are funny and some of them are just bad. But the, the fact that there's so many of them, it's kind of like some shit has to stick eventually. And like, I think that making it rated R was a good choice for the movie. Uh, there was a lot of humor that probably couldn't pass in the PG-13 movie. And a lot of violence that probably couldn't make it past their, uh, PG-13. Uh, I think that the story, though, kind of fell, like, it felt weak, not gonna lie. Um, I think that the villain was pretty dull and not very captivating, but overall, I think it hit a lot of strong points, and the fact that this is, like, uh, a humorous character that you know, addresses the audience, breaks the fourth wall. He's very different from your typical superhero. He's, like, hyper-aware in the comics that he's in a comic book. And then in this movie, he's hyper-aware that he's in a movie. So, you know, they, they definitely write it differently. And I just think that there's some things that could have been done better. Overall, I, I did find myself enjoying it, even though I'm not a big Ryan Reynolds person. I still, I still found it very entertaining. Okay, shoot. All right, all right. Alex is setting up his territory for the review. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I freaking, uh, from what I remember, uh, Aaron, Matt, Alonso, like, do you, you guys remember, like, a lot of a lot of the movie? Um, I remember liking it a whole lot. I do remember, because, like I said, there were just so many parts that I saw that, were just seared into my memory going off of what Lucia said, just of how shocking and scandalous they were um, for being shown in an action film and a super in a quote unquote superhero action film. Um, and that's what really stuck with me. Um, and it's supposed to be like, you know, it's the superhero, but with an edge, like what if it was, what if the superhero was, you know, uh, a Joe Schmo that was also a terrible person um, kind of a situation. And yeah, I um, I think what stuck with me though more so was um, the fact of Marvel really pushing Deadpool for years and years and years before this movie got made. Alonzo mentioned that, you know, he was featured in the classic Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, which... Um, great video game but this was like the this was the way that marvel was trying to introduce um deadpool into the new marvel cinematic universe because they were using it as a way to um prep for the movie which had been in developmental cycle for years since 2004 um and then 2011 is when ultimate marvel came out but that's also the year that green lantern came out and when that came out and it starred Ryan Reynolds again, they put Deadpool on the shelf because they realized, ooh, the, you know, Green Lantern flopped. Maybe Ryan Reynolds isn't the best choice to be in an action hero movie. And so then um, Marvel kept trying to drum up support for the Deadpool character. They released a video game called Deadpool in 2013 that was supposed to coincide with the release 
of the movie, but it didn't plan out that way. And then they did another re-release um, of the same game in 2015 onto the next-gen consoles at the time, the Xbox One and the PS4. Um, and that was released in 2015. But then the movie, again, went into developmental hell. And the movie wasn't released till I believe, like, it was February of 2016. Um, but th I, that's what I remember. I just remember for years people really pushing Deadpool. I think that stuck more with me than the actual movie itself. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with that. Uh, Aaron, is that how is that how you remember? Like, do you kind of remember more the the everything around the movie more? Uh, I think it's pretty even, Stephen, for me, just because the actual story, like Alex said, the story being told is pretty simple. It's just like a a very like linear. I mean, it's not linear actually, but it feels like a linear story that's just really simple. Um, but yeah, the development. The interesting thing about the development is that. Ryan Reynolds, it was like a passion project for him since like 2004, like um, Matt mentioned. So he's been spending like a decade trying to make it. And the studio originally wasn't, they didn't greenlight it originally. Like they just, what happened was, I think it was like 2013 or 14, they did some, him and the, I think the director of the movie or some of the producers, they made uh, like test footage that's like almost completely screen chat, screen captured animated stuff and it got leaked and no one's like taking the blame for it but that leak just hyped up the fan support once they realized that it was that far into development already and once they saw the the approval by the general fans that's when like they were like okay we'll, we'll green light it but it was, it was even given like a small budget even with the green light and that's why i think it is a bit still of a simple story because they weren't allowed to go all out unless they wanted to look really cheesy and bad. Yeah. And they even yeah. like make fun of it in like the movie. Like like okay, they make fun of the budget. Like they're like Deadpool at one point is like, I wonder why there's only two X Men in this film. Probably because the studio couldn't afford to pay for more X Men or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even like the there's like an inside joke at the very end where like they like, there's supposed to be like a big gunfight that happens at the very end or whatever, but there's like a trope in the movie that Deadpool forgot all the guns at home, and that's because they had they didn't have a big enough budget for a big light show, so they were just kind of like, okay, we'll just say he forgot the guns. And did a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, they they hand, they handled their entire production really beautifully, and I think that's why I end up really liking this movie and kind of champion it because it's just. Yeah, they they were fighting an uphill battle from like the start, so and it's a pretty enjoyable movie. So yeah, mm -hmm. uh, any favorite jokes from anybody from the from the movie? Uh, I have a couple written down. I think <laughs> the one that really got me, um, that actually made me laugh, was when um, Deadpool is fighting. Um, Francis on the highway and then all of a sudden like Colossus comes up out of nowhere and like Deadpool touches his dick and is like dad is that you <laughs> that got me I loved yeah. that joke I thought it was I, I don't it was crass but it was good and I just love that uh, I don't know I love Colossus too so I just it, that made my day <laughs> in that in that same scene um there was a part where he was Deadpool was 
like going back and forth with a negasonic teenage warhead and then he was like oh no like it's a what is how does he describe her it's like a uh, like an edgy girl character it's like it's like what are you gonna do it's like are you either you're either gonna leave me with a long silence or a mean joke so what's it gonna be and she's like well he got me in a box here <laughs> like aha yeah that part was good i also love the whole chin um jokes he kept making against her which were funny um oh my god yeah the banter between him and vanessa too all those so crass just like made me crack up which was good there was another joke oh there was the instance where he's about to do like a hand-to-hand comeback or like head-to-head combat with one of the bad henchmen and he goes d i'm like wait i haven't seen you since virginia and then he totally they like catching up and then he knocks them out and he's talking about like the the wife like tuna casserole i love that part um and then some jokes about not being there were pretty funny and then also like the two but like also felt like weird having like too much of an omnipotent character being like well are you talking about the travis mccavoy the patrick stewart professor x blah 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 and i'm just like wait this is like throwing me off the movie but um (laughs) yeah a lot of the jokes were good but yeah i would have to say the banter between him and vanessa is probably my favorite i like the what's yours i mean i don't i'm just off the dome the one that sticks out to me is uh he reveals his face to his friend for the first time and his friend says that he looks like a a topographical map of Utah. And I thought that was really fun. <laughs> yeah. But also the Bob, the the character that um, that Lucia is talking about, he's an actual character from the comics. His name is Bob the Hydra Agent. He actually shows up in some of the comics. Yeah. What? <laughs> Not crazy. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Alonzo? Um, yeah, I'm just pulling the pro in. I forgot the taxi driver has the one guy. The oh, spark. Spark. Yeah, <laughs> that part. But the small little part that made me laugh was, well, like the bartender. Yeah, when he introduces to the one guy standing in the corner, that little dialogue's like, "Well, go talk to him. He might further the plot." <laughs> I forgot about that line. <laughs> that was. Uh, I think one of my favorite jokes uh, that I totally forgot about it until the rewatch was, uh, um, it it's the sex montage. And they're they're saying happy whatever the holiday is, and then there's this one scene where they're just both sitting on chairs and they're just reading. And they say, "Oh, happy Lent." Yeah. <laughs> I love like confirmed Catholic Deadpool. Like who knew? I mean, totally. Catholic Church is in big movies still to this day. Look at that. The Catholic agenda sneaks its way into Marvel films yet again. Yet again. Since the fucking 30s, baby. They've been there. They've been omnipresent. It's crazy. Catholics are just secret cinematographers who believe in Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) And confirm. (laughs) Yeah, so I just thought it was funny that for Lent they gave up sex. So, Um, anyway, yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah. Uh, Alright, let's go get to the movie. Yeah, go for it, man. You got something? No, I was just gonna say, um, the movie also plays well with, like, um, 
like the like for theater people too because um there's it's it's sometimes in poor ways like there's a scene the scene when deadpool um is talking to the doctor and like the doctor's like you have stage terminal stage cancer um if you guys notice the shirt he's wearing is rent is a rent shirt and rent the musical is all about people dying from aids and like it's terminal and they're gonna die and so i was just like oh that's a little bit like on the nose there <laughs> um, yeah. or just referencing um you know deadpool's fascination with um Bernadette Peters and like who is a Broadway legend and how he just loves masturbating to her. I was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one flew over my head. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so yeah, uh, yeah. Opening sequence. Did you guys like that opening sequence? I forgot about it. I like what they it did with hilarious. with all the the titles. You know, where like mm-hmm. usually you'd have like the directed by or whatever like in this case it was like directed by an overpaid tool <laughs> like just like yeah. instead of like the actual names just like insulting the person who would be in that spot all the while like it's like <laughs> ryan reynolds like fandom like he has like the the magazine of uh yeah. sex like sexiest man of the year or whatever like just just happen to be sitting in the car and then like the camera's like slowly moving through the scene and it's like inside of someone's wallet is a card of Ryan Reynolds as Green Lantern, and then you just keep going through that. I found that really funny. Yeah, that Momo um, scene with the whole car explosion and the different henchmen killed. I was like, that is insane. This like that, like it was so hard to be like, oh my god, I can't believe this is technically all animated, right? Because um, animation is supreme. But like. It was just crazy. Like, yeah, I love that opening bit. Um, what else? I also like the shots where you're counting down the bullets with him. Because, again, he forgot his, yeah, his gun bag at home. Like, how even the number of bullets he already wasted or whatever number you were on is on the back of the casing, right? The casing that falls out. I thought that was cool. But the gore, um, on the side, the gore of in this movie, I feel like it rivals... The Punisher 2 with Devil Denzel Washington, and I say this because I watched it. I was so queasy after that film, especially after the, um, what is it, the electric drill to the head. Uh, but wow, yeah, some of the gore was really, really tough for me. <laughs> I didn't really think it was that gory at all. I was just kind of like, Ooh. I don't know, as someone that watches like horror movies and with a lot of blood, guts, and shit spirating that everywhere, I of horror or light like this is like i don't know this is like on the level of like beetlejuice horror for me really well, I, I, I remember in the theater I, I when they got when the one biker gets decapitated that threw me way off i was like whoa okay yeah <laughs> have you seen the second one yet lucia uh, I started it right okay so this is the thing right after I finished Deadpool it was like middle of the night and I'm like I have to keep going and then <laughs> Deadpool 2 was already available on you know Hulu Hulu was like you want to watch and I was like mm. yes um, uh, so I started one, it yeah. but I think like, there's like moments it. in that one with that like definitely up the ante in terms of the gore and you'll you'll enjoy that probably <laughs> um, looking forward to it yeah yeah, I kind of was on the same page as Matt. I thought it was rather tame. And I was like, 
like by the end of the film i was like i could have sworn people talked about how like this was like rated r for a reason and like i was like i really just remember the two kills the guy getting decapitated and the guy that slammed into the the highway sign was like the only two that i remembered i'm like everything else seemed pretty tame like yeah absolutely oh it was pretty quick yeah, I wish it just lingered longer on <laughs> Especially like that with the splattered sign. I wish it just showed a little more. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty tight. Yeah, it was PG for me. It's cute. Oh my God. What? <laughs> I can All right. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> I, I, I felt that punch. I remember the first time I, I felt that punch that Lucia was talking about. Because you said this is your first yeah. time watching it, right, Lucia? Yes. And then it was like, it was definitely the part, there's one henchman I think who gets sliced completely, or there's someone who gets sliced completely in half. And then with the Cantanas. Kind so I'm just like, Ugh. like, yeah, there was like that kind of slice. I don't know. There was like some where I was just like, oh, or like when Francis is like impaled with the Katana. I'm against the ridge of the highway and he's still alive. Like those kinds of violence yeah. moments where I'm like, can't watch. It's just too much. Like either be dead or like be okay. Like I can't <laughs> I'm Like you're creeping me out. <laughs> just let it take you. Yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now watching it again, yeah, it does feel like. The R rating was really just the jokes in the language. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I wonder if like the R rating was also attributed to I like like I don't know like the the like the sexual nature of it too because there are some exactly. random ass sex stuff that happens like you know him masturbating with a unicorn, um, ah. and then. Yeah, that that was interesting. And like, cause it borderline it borders like bestiality just like a tiny bit. Um, and then I wonder if the the censors kind of were a little bit shocked at the pegging scene, which I remember that was the scene that like I remember I was like, oh my god. But now when I watch it, I was like, oh really? That's all? Like I remember it so much more graphic. Like I'm, I'm kind of wondering, did they censor that on the streaming service? Because I remember, I thought we're seeing it getting inserted. I know. Is that a thing? I, I more. He has a reaction. I just remember that he's like, mm, nope. Like the, the moment of penetration. Yeah. 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 Oh, he was just cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot the point that he gave up on him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah, because I I forgot about the masturbation scene as well. The, the I I remember uh, I just laughed hysterically in the theater because mm -hmm. I had no idea how other how what other way to react. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. I Wait. do remember. I'm oh, sorry. Oh no, I was gonna say are we talking about the unicorn in like the ending credits? Is no, that There's like a quick cut scene where it shows him in his bed going like this with the unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. He like he yeah. fast forwards and he's like, oh, that's too far, and he goes back. Yeah. Oh, okay, I missed it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. I did not remember. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty quick because he he cuts away into it quickly and then out of it just as quick. Mm -hmm. So it, it's pretty easy to miss. But then yeah, like, I do like that there's a callback when he goes back. I think he loses Francis and he's mad. 
and he's just great. He's like, oh my god, I can't believe it. And he's grabbing lotion. He's grabbing yeah. tissues. He's grabbing the, yeah. he's grabbing the unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, a lot of the masturbation jokes were very, like, the very borderline, like, the, the joke that he makes when his hand's, like, regenerating, and it's, at this point, it's a baby, and he's like, I bet it feels huge in this guy. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, like, pushing the boundaries a little bit, um, I feel like, I, I feel like it did deserve its R rating, just for those scenes, I'm gonna say. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, geez, that's, that's, that's something good to ask. Uh, oh, not the man of the hour. Oh, Alex is trying to ditch, ditch this conversation. Ryan Reynolds. Left. Yeah. Oh, he came back. <laughs> He's like, Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds, Let's get huh? to roasting. Let's get to roasting. <laughs> Friend of the podcast, Ryan Reynolds. Friend of the podcast, uh, yes. Friend of the podcast, Alex, you don't like him at all whatsoever. I, I I don't think I have anything against Ryan Reynolds himself, but I think that the characters and the I guess portrayal of himself that I've seen through through popular media just kind of comes across as like I don't know, like just like constantly like class clown, but also kind of like arrogant, like I know I'm funny kind of guy. So. I don't know. I, I like. I'm sure. I'm sure he's a fine person, but like, but like this character is is actually perfect for that like arrogant and self aware kind of always humorous type of personality. So he gets he gets a major pass on this one. <laughs> I have to agree. Say real quick. I think literally before Deadpool, I mean, he was just like in a, he was like a weird mixed bag of him, his career in general. Like, he really was like in a mix of like just mediocre to just straight up bad movies. Rom-coms. Yeah, mostly like rom-coms or just edgy comedies. And he then, yeah. it did felt like he tried to be like a serious actor. Like, there's that one movie called Barry or something. Oh, the one Barry. Like Barry. Yeah. I thought that was like supposed to be his like almost Oscar moment, but it never delivered. But yeah, I agree with Alex when he said like I do think this is the movie that like definitely um, was perfect for Ryan Reynolds, and the fact that I think Aaron just mentioned like he was trying to he Ryan Reynolds himself was trying to push the movie you know, to get made, um, and especially for this film like yeah I'll say I like Ryan Reynolds for sure mm-hmm. it definitely was perfect for him. Totally, like I'm the same boat with Alex. Like I watch so guilty pastime of mine is I watch plenty uh interviews and stuff on YouTube. Um that being said, I watch a lot of wired interviews, especially the ones where they're like celebrities Google themselves, right? And they like do all the things. Oh, yes. And I think there was one where he's in Brian Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal. I don't know how you pronounce it, but they're both in it together and I'm watching it. I'm like Ryan is so annoying. Like he's just like that one like, Alex are like, that class count, clown who's, like, a little bit arrogant. He just feels like that one guy you went to high school with that, like, you may have had a crush on, but you're like, that's such a dick. Like, this is just taking me out of the crush. Like, it was just, like, Matthew knows because there was someone like that in high school. But, like, I was just, like, oh. so annoying. And then watch this movie, which is my first Ryan Reynolds movie ever. Like, I've never seen a rom-com with him in it, nothing. And I'm watching it, and that one bedroom scene where there it's him and Vanessa celebrating Christmas and they're talking and stuff I'm like I see the entire appeal now like I'm like okay maybe I could get on bandwagon but yeah I would say 
Deadpool is definitely like where he shines the best. And I think that's probably where he's most passionate, right? Like, cause that's probably him fully in it to win it, playing the best character. And like Alonso said, he's been in like pretty mediocre or like okay films up to now that maybe this is like a game changer for him. Cause this is something he's probably personally excited about. Like these are the kind of movies he wants to do. Cause I felt definitely like a certain energy, like he's in it for, for everything. So yeah, so definitely um, converted Ryan Reynolds fan now, but only for Deadpool, nothing else. So. Um, yeah, uh, Aaron, Matt, uh, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually personally love him, so I'm, I'm on this side of it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm in terms of like his career, like being bad before Deadpool. I agree. Like he. I think he was like seen as a leading man and then they tested out a lot with different studios and he just kept he and the movie just kept bombing like it was like green lantern r.i.p.d yeah. the proposal um like a lot of other movies like that and then but i feel like he shines best when he is with this kind of realm of comedy because like early in his career he was in a movie called uh, van wilder and i thought that that like it was similar in terms of like his comedy style is exactly the same I love it, but it is exactly the same. And so he did good in that. He, what else? I don't know, but he kind of reminds me of a young Chevy Chevy Chase from like the early 80s, if you guys know about that. Yeah, Chevy Chase, of course. Yeah, yeah. National also, Lampoon's Vacation, of course. Yeah, like in his like, I'm not sure about his career so much, but like in his interviews, I watched a lot of his interviews. It's really similar in terms of like just being very like, witty and just kind of like i'm down to throw punches but like in uh i guess as witty as i can kind of way but uh -huh. yeah i love ryan him and like i always say like my favorite like two like marvel actors are like him and, and chris hemsworth because they're both like these like athletic but super like jokey guys as opposed to like the more serious uh -huh. ones and that kind of stuff uh -huh. yeah. a huge fan huge fan friend of the podcast yeah we <laughs> I, you know what? I will side with Aaron on this one. I do love me some Ryan Reynolds. He is objective, not objectively, he is very attractive. He is, a, he is, he was, I think the time that this movie came out was like Sexiest Man Alive, I think in 2016 by People Magazine. So of course, it just was perfect. Um, I loved him since i saw the proposal actually i know that movie does not age well to this day but if yes. you watch it for his comedy chops he has timing he says his lines he's funny he's charming um that's what made me take notice of him and i actually saw green lantern i think for a birthday party like back in 2011 <laughs> when that came out and I genuinely enjoyed that film as well. And I, I, I think maybe it was like sex appeal. I was just like, oh yeah, I just like it because it's Ryan Reynolds. But I, I actually really like this guy. He's also a Mariah Carey stan. And so I can't like hate this man. Because it's just, it, when you're part of the lamely, like you can't hate another lamb. Um, which is what Mariah Carey calls her fans, the lamely. But he personally requested, like he personally like reached out to Mariah to get her song fantasy into his movie free guy which just came out back in like august i think um yeah, and so then it was really cute because then he and mariah had play dates like with their set of 
kids. Like, oh. he brought, like, Blake Lively over to Mariah's house, and, like, they all had their kids play together. It was very cute. Um, no, I think he's, I think he's funny. I think he's great. I, he's, I, I don't know, he might be, like, you know, one of the, I, I don't know, like, the kind of sex gods of our time. Like, one of those, like, on the level of, like, I don't know, old Hollywood's like Clark Gable or, you know, yesteryear's George Clooney or something like that. Like how, or like Daniel Day-Lewis. Like, I think he's like the 2010s, like, kind of sex icon. And I love him for that. And I'm always happy to see him no matter what. No matter whether it is on Deadpool or in a stinker like R.I.P.D., which I still enjoy. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I was so, like, looking forward to that movie and it just disappointing but <laughs> oh awful because i mean it has fucking jeff bridges the fucking the fucking dude um and you think it's gonna be great but no it's not <laughs> we'll say i i do appreciate him as a writer as well because he like oh, he, his i think he shines better when he's writing his projects because uh-huh. he like if he's if he's passionate about a project he will like really lean into the writing and he he was actually cast as deadpool first and a little indie project called x-men origins wolverine yeah <laughs> the only thing that really uh shines about that movie in my opinion was his character's dialogue and that was because it was made during the 2008 writer's strike and so he wrote all the dialogue himself mm-hmm. oh um, that's why it feels kind of like the same character literally well it is literally, it is literally it is. deadpool yeah yeah no 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 um, no, I, no i mean like 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 it sounds like it's just that <laughs> it's literally the same voice. Like and they're both Ryan Reynolds now. <laughs> okay, yeah, they're also both Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, thank you. I also have to piggyback oh, I'm sorry, sorry, you were saying. I was just gonna say that's just the main thing about Deadpool is the the witty banter. That's all I was gonna say. I um I have to piggyback off of Aaron just to prop up Ryan Reynolds even more because he was actually a producer on this film for Deadpool and um now connection to earlier in this episode um that I mentioned there was a cameo featured in Deadpool and it was because of Ryan Reynolds that this person got cameoed even though they're no longer with us. So, in the comic books, Deadpool is an avid fan of the Golden Girls. Like, he loves spending the Saturday night in his, like, apartment watching the Golden Girls. And he's a big fan of Dorothy Zvornak, who is the main actor who's played by Bea Arthur. And so, the first time we see Deadpool enter the bar, where, like, all the mercenaries hang out, he's wearing, a, like, you know, a, an undershirt or, like, you know, like, a tank top that has Beatrice Arthur's face on it. And he had to specifically pay the estate, um, the Arthur's estate, $10,000 in order to get the rights to show her face. And what was great about that, though, is that the estate then used that $10,000 and paid it to B. Arthur's favorite charity, which was the Ali Bornick Center, which is dedicated to housing homeless LGBTQ youth. Get on there. So, great, great moment. And so, like, you know, when he's passionate about a project, he goes all in. And I really appreciated that. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I was, I was just going to literally re-mention the proposal because there's another, 
Uh, it's, a mo- it's a great movie if anyone hasn't seen it. It's a, a rom-com that my mom really wanted to see uh, mm-hmm. and why I saw it. And Betty White's in it. And mm-hmm. I don't know if uh, if either of you have seen it, uh, the behind-the-scenes, the special features. Uh, Matt, are you are, are you aware of the, the 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 feud he has on set with Betty White? Um, I don't remember. It's been years no. since I from Blockbuster, so I do not have the DVD oh, anymore. Okay. Um, okay. but I think I did watch something. You wanna you wanna educate me and the listeners? Yeah, no, it was just it was just because uh, it was just a hilarious bit where um, Ryan Reynolds keeps getting bullied by Betty White and uh, but. <laughs> And he tries to stand up for himself against her, but every time he does, uh, she runs away to Sandra Bullock, uh, oh. and, and Sandy uh, defends <laughs> defends her. And it's just no, it, it was just like a great. It was it's one of those moments where I really felt like Ryan Reynolds was definitely going to stay because the back and forth he had with Betty White, like like one of the biggest legends in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Is was like he matched her like completely, and mm-hmm. it was just, it was just, it's just, it's funny. It's really funny if you guys watch it on YouTube or something. Yeah, it's uh, it's really great. It's really great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Friend of the podcast, by the way, Betty White is a friend. Yes, of Betty podcast. White. Friend. <laughs> Of course, yes, absolutely. Lifelong, lifelong. Lifelong, lifelong. She's turning a hundred <laughs> this year. God bless her. May she have live another hundred. Damn. I remember when they celebrated her 90 on television. That was crazy. I know. I read somewhere that she's older than than sliced bread. That's actually true. She is, yes. God damn. Um, And yeah, she is the last of the Golden Girls to be alive. She's outlived them all. (laughs) Hey, podcast listeners. Love you to death. This is Aaron, live from my bedroom where I'm actually editing this podcast that you're listening to as I speak. Uh, So just a little quick interjection. This podcast was actually recorded back in November of 2021. Uh, Sadly, Betty White passed away this past New Year's Eve, uh, but she will live on in our hearts and may she rest in peace. But yeah, I just wanted to state that in case y'all were convinced that we filmed this podcast in in a cave and just didn't know that she passed. Uh, anyways, love you to death. I'm back to your regularly scheduled program. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the, the rest, uh, the rest of the movie. Goodness, uh, how'd you guys feel about uh, any other scenes? Like any other, anything else that popped out of you, or that like kind of stuck with you? Because yeah, the moments with Vanessa are really good. Uh, I mm-hmm. really. Me too. But she's so good. I loved her. She's good, yeah. I didn't particularly care for her, to be honest with you. I didn't care for her, and I didn't really care for their relationship. I didn't feel that heat. I didn't feel the chemistry. Um, Even with all those naked bodies? It didn't. Like, it felt very... Amongst all those dead bodies, is that what you just said? No, no, naked bodies. (laughs) Oh, naked bodies. No, I, I... Yeah, I mean... I, I thank the 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 writers for writing in ass scenes of just, you know, Ryan Reynolds' bare ass that's great during those sex scenes. But I um I don't know. I don't I, I just I didn't get it. Like I I'm I'm happy that they found someone they found two people to be in the same 
kind of category together. But for me, it just, I didn't believe the romance. I was kind of like, eh, okay, I'm not, in, I was not invested. I didn't care. I was like, just fucking kill her. It's fine. It doesn't make any, it doesn't make a difference to me. I, um, <laughs> I actually lean on, on Matt's side. I kind of agree that I didn't really care what? for the re- relationship oh, wow. either. I did like the dialogue between them. I thought that was written very well. Uh, mm-hmm. gave me a cheesy smile once in a while when they said something real mm-hmm. cute. But at the end of the day, I was just kind of like, I don't really care for Vanessa that much. Like, love the love the actress. Uh, I, she plays... Um, who does she play in, in Firefly? Uh, Inara? Yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen, have seen Firefly. Yeah. Yeah, apparently she's in a bunch of like sci-fi stuff. Um, and How I Met Your Mother. She was played a Ted's... A, crazy girlfriend out in one episode but uh yeah i mean i i i was hoping not to be the only one i was just kind of like not invested in that relationship no. uh i don't know and that kind of i kind of made like the rest of the movie feel a little bit like eh, like the stakes aren't as high because i don't really care if, <laughs> if something bad happens to her <laughs> if they don't get together it's kind of just like uh, oh well he's gonna he's gonna live forever yeah. anyway yeah, he's gonna live forever anyway. She's gonna die off before he will anyway. So yeah, that's okay. true. Also, like we. Oh, sorry. Do you want to? I, I, say well, I was just gonna say some, some very quickly. Uh, Olivia Munn was supposed to play the love interest. I feel like she could be her. she could be replaceable with her too, but <sighs> Olivia Munn already plays a different character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the. Oh, here's the thing, and you guys can kill me if you want, but this character, um, the, the one that was um, the Vanessa character, the one that Michelle Williams plays in Venom, and then the one that Gwyneth Paltrow plays in um, the Iron Man series, they could all be the same person. Like, I don't know what it is about Marvel movies and the romances, but they don't do it right. Like, the woman's always like, I'm smarter than you. But I still need to be saved by you. But I'm smarter than you. But, oh my god, you're the love of my life. Like, it's the same character trope, I think, throughout those three series. And I don't care for it because it feels slightly sexist to me. Like, it's like, it just, I don't know, write a good, well-rounded character. Like, I, I just didn't feel like there was really anything for them to do. Like, um, the actress who's playing Vanessa, she's just, you know, doing her best, saying her lines. But she doesn't really have anything fun to do till the end when she, like, rams a fucking katana into Francis's stomach, pretty much. Yeah, that was... I think... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say that uh, what you said about her character, I feel like can be said about, like, most characters in this movie. They feel extremely one-dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. It almost feels like I was... I was going to say, to that point of the Gwyneth Paltrow... Uh, Michelle Williams characters and whatnot. That yeah, they feel pretty. I don't is one dimensional the good the proper word for it. It just they feel lackluster definitely because yeah. it's like I also think like hmm? underutilized. Yeah, underutilized. Um, especially because there could be great opportunity for even showing complexities of interpersonal relationship between them that's not influenced by superhero stuff. Just like between two people without powers, like, kind of, like, Watchmen, if they took, like, a more, like, Watchmen kind of approach, Mm -hmm. and did more focus on interpersonal relationships within 
those stories it probably worked better um honestly I kind of forgive it because I think they're so focused on budget and what they want to like put the most focus towards that like unfortunately things like that just fall to the wayside um and at this point it's just become like even though we would like to see it it's also like I feel like it's just become standard uh part of a Marvel package of movies like they just try to do their best or they can and only kind of uh redistribute their approach or their focus to different things as soon as they hear like more feedback on that I think the one character I actually had more disappointments with than Vanessa was actually Francis because I'm like what is this villain who like you know runs this weird little puppy mill of mutants in like a basement somewhere and like he's a mutant too but like we don't know anything about his backstory he's just some sexy British man who's supposed to like oh like how dare you do this to Ryan Reynolds but also I'm kind of you know interested and peaked like wow like you know but it's also like I want to know more, like, to bring back Wolfman, uh, Wolfman, Wolverine, uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, like, the villain in that movie was so well done, and even the side villains, like, our weird, like, Viper lady, which I think is Michelle Pfeiffer in that movie, I don't remember, um, or very Michelle Pfeiffer-esque actress, but, like, they did such a good job with villains there, other Marvel movies have also done a really good job with villains, yeah, like, with this one, and I think also because of Deadpool's unique um, constraints and limitations with budget, maybe they just couldn't afford it um, for Francis, but, like, it's kind of, like, not unforgivable, but it's like, come on, like, that's one of your pillars of the story. Like, you gotta have, like, a good villain that's able to go equally toe-to-toe with your protagonist, and they both have things to lose, like, kind of thing, and it just didn't get there. Um, but yeah, so the Vanessa I couldn't forgive, but for Francis, I'm like, hmm, I want to know more. Like, tell me more. Like, what's your favorite color? What's your zodiac sign? Like, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, that would have been nice. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I know, yeah, Alex said that. Uh, Francis, the villain, felt um, felt lackluster for sure. Yeah, but that, now, yeah, now that we talked about like the budget constraints. I guess I can see why it ended up that way, but it's still sad that it did. I think this is the movie where it's kind of similar to Alonso with Bone Tomahawk. He just ended up, but it's like not him finding out later about the difficulties of it getting produced. Uh, it was like before because. Uh, yeah, because Aaron, it, it was pretty publicized, right? That it was like, yeah, the movie was, it, it was so hard to be made. Yeah, because like the thing about it was that Ryan and the rest of the production crew wanted pretty much 100% uh, creative control with it. And they got it, but the trade off was a low budget. So, yeah. like, they didn't, like, I went to the studio, didn't really think the movie was going to be successful until the marketing campaign actually started. That was all like Ryan and crew directed as well. Like they had nothing to do with it. It was all the production crew, oh, the actual no. movie. Yeah, it was all them. It wasn't the studio at all. Oh, really? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, Sue. Because yeah. marketing is like really important. That's almost as mm-hmm. bigger than the actual budget of the movie. Yeah. Because they also, like that same studio had a bad 
experience with that same character in that X-Men movie. And so they just didn't have faith in like a small crew to bring that character up, which kind of makes sense, but like they didn't do anything. Yeah. yeah, But I remember just knowing that all that, it just made me kind of whatever issues I had with the movies, which Francis is definitely a big one. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just made me kind of forgive and forget. It is kind of lame. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, you don't. No, you were halfway through. No, literally, I was just about to like check off agreeing with you, like about like yeah, the the (laughs) the actual like structure of the movie and like the a lot of the characters were a little under. I mean, not a little. They were underdeveloped for the sake of, I guess, fan service more than anything. I guess you know. Yeah. That's pretty much what made it succeed to begin with. Yeah, and also to like bring up another like excellent villain of um, Magneto and uh, Professor X. Like Magneto is hands down my favorite Marvel character behind um, Wolverine and possibly Deadpool. But I just love Magneto because he's such a well-written villain. Like you know entirely why he does, like why he does what he does and how he got there and like what things in life were thrown at him to like cause him to be that way. And here you have uh, Professor Xavier, who's this perfect foil. Like, it's just, it's such a beautiful villain and protagonist kind of duality that I'm like, you should have not carbon copy, but you should have just as equal of a in-depth treatment of your villain as Magneto, because Magneto's like so good. Um, there was another movie. Oh, another question I want to point, uh, bring up changing the conversation is did this movie come out before Thor Ragnarok or after? Yeah. Before, before, way before, like a year at least. Before. Okay. So I was going to say, because Thor Ragnarok was kind of main uh, storyline Marvel's approach to breaking out of the uh, hero formula. But I feel, and even though I love Taika Waititi and that movie is so good, I almost prefer this one and it's treat it's treatment of like breaking out of the hero formula what do you guys think i was interested to see like what you guys think comparing the two movies but then in a sense they're like both deviating from it go ahead i think since we were talking about just overall kind of development of the characters in general i think thor ragnarok did a better job developing all the characters yeah they they gave the villain an actual backstory they made it interact more and it felt personal even Tessa Thompson has like a really good like that she's this Valkyrie that uh, uh, feels like she failed. She didn't die out in the out in battle, so she's just a mercenary and she becomes a drunk because she doesn't get to go to mm-hmm. Valhalla. So that was like a really nice like story arc for her. Mm-hmm. I I agree, I agree with Aaron because because when you guys were bringing up like that Vanessa is like a really flat like I was like oh jeez but like Tessa Thompson and Thor Ragnarok was like really solid so yeah it was like yeah but also like was she solid because she didn't have any romance involving with Thor and Vanessa did have with Wade so they had to you know they can't have both but I mean you can have both you can do that but yeah um I think when you watched finish Deadpool two, I don't know how far you went in, but these 
flaws and critiques that we just made are more apparent. Like, Ooh. yeah. That's... Right, Aaron? Right? Like, what flaws? What do you mean? The, with Vanessa, like, yeah. Like, with Aaron, like, Aaron literally, uh, Matt and Alice are saying that she has no character. It's like, with the sequel. Yeah, it's it's interesting because they do, they, there's something that, they pretty much her character in the second one is utilized more to develop way uh uh pills a little bit more, uh, which kind of brings an interesting layer to her. But that's really about it. Like you have to watch it. I can't really say anything. <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of yeah. weird. Yeah. Okay. It's just it's just yeah. Like when they said that, I was like, fuck. Like I. Mm. No, I can't even bring in sequel talk because it kind of stays the same, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like in the first 10 minutes of the second one oh, without okay. saying any spoilers, but I'm like right at the spoiler and I'm just like, mm-hmm. okay. so like I have yet to see the aftermath. Yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll definitely watch it. Mm-hmm. So. I do think the second one was better though. Like I think they they took what worked and kind of expanded on it and they had a bigger budget. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So you were saying? Um, to be honest, I didn't really mind on the relationship, honestly. No. Well, I I I do understand. I do see like the problem. Like the first time I ignored it, but this time I didn't really mind it. I thought it was honestly, I was okay with it. And also for me, it's like the big difference between her and um, Michelle Williams and Venom is that she, at least she gets to turn to Lady Venom, so that's a plus for her. but yeah you're right that's true yeah it was like when um gwyneth paltrow turned into her weird lava self with Mm -hmm. the with the iron man arm and everyone was like oh my god she's no longer a damsel in distress and then it was over yeah (laughs) we're 15 minutes over that yeah (laughs) yeah how, how do you guys feel about the action? Because that was actually really, really, really cool, I thought. I don't know. Yeah, because uh, Lucia brought up like the bu- the bullet countdown, which is another funny moment, uh, counting off. And then he shoots at the at the motorcyclist, and he misses like three times. It's like, oh, bad Deadpool. And then he shoots at the guy. It's a good Deadpool. <laughs> and he shoots like a dead body like twice while he's already dead. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the one scene that I both like and don't like is, but I, I appreciate it, was when it's during the action sequence on the highway when he, like, shoots someone from his crotch. Like, he, like, has a hand, like, right where his dick is, and then he has the gun right there. He's like, ah! It's like a crotch shot. Um, I don't know if you guys... It's, like, it's, it's very quick. Like, he's, like, it's, like, it looks like he's been beaten, so he's lying on the pavement. And then he like literally just puts his like hand with the gun right by his crotch and just shoots someone. Yeah, it's when he got shot in the ass. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right down Main Street. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Now I thought I thought you were gonna mention the fight scene between uh, Colossus and uh, what is the yeah uh, what's uh, the female uh, villain's name? Oh God! Yes. What's her name oh, from the Mandalorian? She has the name. She has the name of some other villain oh mm-hmm. angel something it's like angel, angel dust or it, something it's it's angel yeah angel yeah. dust <laughs> i think it, i think in, i think in the credits it says angel dust well yeah, like yeah. in 
in that fight. I don't know why they like threw it in there. I mean, I know why for for comedic effect, but like it it was it was funny that like the whole time you have like this like uh this villain who's like always like showing like way too much cleavage, and then in a fight scene with Colossus, like her boob like slips out, and then he's like, oh my gosh, like you, it's like you're like you want to you might want to check that. And he's like, oh, thank you very much, and then like gets in a cheap shot like right when she's like fixing it. Yeah, I was like, well, that's that. that's interesting. <laughs> I love that reaction from Colossus though, because that's his brand. Is like he's just like super buff, tough, but super sweet. Like sees the hope and everything, and that's that's him throughout any of the Marvel Universe stuff. Like if you guys ever watched the original like X Men '90s cartoon, like that's how Colossus was too. It's just I that's what I love about him. He's just like a big, huge metal teddy bear, and I love that. When he was like making his little smoothie, watching the news at the campus, I'm like, I'm in love with this man. I we're getting married. <laughs> it's done. It's done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I love that. Uh, when when he gets first introduced, it's literally, oh, there's a uh, traffic backed up on the highway, and he's just eating cereal. And... <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like oh, in a red suit. He just. Like... Mm-hmm. I do like that they back to the original question. I do like do like that they incorporated the original uh, test footage that they used. Did you guys ever see the test footage? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, yeah, afterwards though. Yeah, it was pretty much the scene where right right when he um is like on the bridge uh getting ready to jump off and he's like drawing stuff. It's like from there to the end of like he like ruins the car and it flips over. Like that whole thing was the test footage mm. and it was it's a little different because it was completely animated uh when they shot that but it's almost like word for word the exact same thing i thought that was really cool that they just kept it because they liked it so much yeah. yeah it looked really good it mm. was like really solid cgi animation because yeah. it felt pretty visceral at moments it felt like someone actually getting pushed out of a car for like yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I think the entire intro is CGI, right? But they, like, somehow made it look pretty... Like, the texture with it actually was pretty selling. Yeah, they did, like, such a good job. Pay animators more. New deal for animation. (laughs) Pay them. Alonzo, you were going to say something? Oh, fighting. Oh, speaking of that, I mean, I guess the big difference with that scene was that Ryan Reynolds did add that line, how we got the movie made, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's, I think that's the yeah. like, 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 on, on the bridge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did he say? Like how the movie's bald, but he bumped off to get the movie made. Yeah, that's right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, golly, what's an awesome? Uh, I guess I guess that's it. She, uh, T.J. Miller's uh, direction. I don't know. No, sorry, not T.J. Miller. Tim Miller, excuse me. Actually, hold on. Why, why, why? I think, I don't know, I don't know if it was on purpose, but, like, the same way, yeah, like he mentioned, like, Gino Carano's um, group show up and Colossal. Yeah. Like, the fact, like, I don't know, to me, I don't know if that was, like, kind of making fun of the idea, like, he's in a PG-13 movie. Like, his character is, like, PG, like, PG-rated. So I don't know if that was, like, part of the character or the idea of making fun of the, the fact that he's in a kids movie so he's not able to see stuff like that who colossus or colossus yeah like the part when he like looks away from the breasts like, I don't that's know, just... I was, like 
he's just a big old teddy bear. That's how Colossus is. Like, he's super duper nice guy. Like, doesn't want to fight. Doesn't want to hurt anyone. Um, that that's just his brand. And like, he's like just gentleman to the core. Um, yeah. Yeah, Tim Miller. Uh, his direction. Nothing special. I liked it. Yeah, nothing special, <laughs> but it was. It did what it had to do. Kind of. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like watching... no, not TJ Miller. Sorry, Tim Miller. That's... It was like watching any action film, like Die Hard or um, I don't know, Top Gun or whatever. Like it just it didn't feel special, but it felt actiony. Like ten out of ten for action, absolutely. I think the the counting down with the bullets was his idea, I believe. So that that's a really cool artistic thing. That was good. Uh, I agree. <laughs> well, I only brought him up because apparently he used to be like a CGI uh, supervisor. So oh, that's yeah. why, yeah, that's why they were able to get the movie made done. And that's why the CGI looks really good because he knew all the tricks and all the shortcuts and he used all of them for the movie so that they could save the budget for other parts of the movie. So I, 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 I was I was hoping or wondering if somebody had anything from Tim Miller or if they knew about him. Yeah. But. yeah, unfortunately, as the resident animator, I am not versed in CGI, but that is good to know. Very yeah. good to know. Okay. Um, I also have like just weird point out um, about this film. Does anyone know when this film actually takes place? Because from what I was looking at, I'm guessing the 80s because I don't ever see a smartphone ever used, or maybe there was, maybe I missed it, but I saw that like one of the cars at the beginning has a fucking cigarette burner. Like, and that's how like he puts the cigarette burner to the guy's forehead. And I was like, cars don't have that anymore. And um, there's another scene when um, Deadpool is trapped down under before he becomes Deadpool. And he's having that witty banter with the other guy that's being tortured. And Deadpool says, I want to get a Dutch oven from Meredith Baxter Bernie. And Meredith Baxter was a lead actress on Family Ties, I believe, and also of the Lifetime original movie that he brought her woman scored. Very good movie. But um, she, it said like but Meredith Baxter Bernie, and she like, that she was only a Bernie in the 80s. And I was like, because then she like divorced that guy and then married a woman, like, I think like in the, like 2013 or something like that so that's where i was like the timeline for this is not adding up to me like i i can't decide when it takes place i think it'll i think it's really hard to tell because there's a lot of references that are really specific mm -hmm. and they're all pointing in different directions like one thing that could go against that argument is the people's uh, sexy man alive magazine that's mm. 2012 mm. it's like it's because i just don't think this movie cares that much there is a scene yeah. in the second one where the door opens in the X-Men mansion and it shows the 80s or whatever version of the X-Men. Mm. So, but I don't know if that's a confirmation or just another joke or... <laughs> I Googled it. So it takes place uh, within the Marvel timeline as modern day slash 2016. But okay. I think because there's so much... Um, content of Deadpool from over the years that they're just like, let's just put any kind of reference. Because whatever. Because at the same time, like, it aren't a lot of stuff, even from decades ago or like just a few years ago. So if you find a natural in that regard, 
But I do get the point with the technology stuff where you're like, wait, what exact time period are we in? I think they do use a smartphone in the very beginning yeah. excuse me, of the movie where oh. it's um, he's going against the pizza delivery guy and he's like, stop stalking her, like blah, 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 blah. Like, I think he oh, has yeah. a smartphone then. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet when he like goes to tell the girl like, oh, I told him to stop bothering you, I think he brings out Polaroid. So I don't yeah. remember. But that's yeah, the part. yeah. I, I I do remember. Uh, I remember when uh, Sonic Teenage Warrior calls. Oh, tell tell. Where's your duffel bag? And Deadpool starts calling. Uh, yes. Uh huh. Oh yeah, because they use a smartphone. Yeah yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, he does say like, oh, write your tweet real quick. He does say that. Yeah. That's, oh, that's, you're yeah. right. Okay, there yeah. we go. So, you know what? That was actually something that was really kind of interesting about this. I was afraid that it was going to be very, like, uh, the jokes were going to be pretty, uh, like... Uh, dated? Not, dated? Uh, yeah, dated. Yeah, that one. Uh, but as I was watching it, and I think, is it, I might think, is this the right movie where he looks at his clock, his yeah. wristwatch? Oh, it's an Adventure <laughs> Time watch, huh? Up. <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> It was just a fun reference. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of different references. Like at the end, like the bonus scene at the end is a reference to a Ferris Bueller's Day. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I forgot about that, actually. Mm-hmm. He like wears the I'm same robe and everything. Like, <laughs> what are you still doing here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and no, honestly, I think yeah. the whole X Men timeline is kind of just fucked because. It's fucked. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, you have like so like certain elements of time travel, but also just certain things that don't line up from movie to movie. Like when Wolverine got his adamantium claws is like either like in the eighties or nineties, or it's either in like the mid two thousands. And then you yeah, also have this Weapon X program with Deadpool that is taking place in twenty sixteen, which was actually dismantled like way back when. So, yeah, one thing that really bothers me is. Uh, so, X-Men First Class, the first one that included McAvoy and Stewart and all those people. Or not Stewart, but McAvoy and Fassbender and them. Yes. That movie takes place in 1963. Mm. X-Men Apocalypse takes place 20 years later, and they have an H a day. And it's just so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, that's enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But is it maybe... Because you know how, like... Oh, sorry, Alonzo, were you saying something? Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna Go say, ahead, was sorry. That one of the reference when he says like Stewart or McAvoy. When it's like, we're, we're taking the Professor X. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the joke about that. Well, screwed mm-hmm. up the timeline is. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say maybe it's like um because you know how Spider Man has so many different variations of Spider Man like there's um Miles Morales, Peter Parker. Well, the two versions of Peter Parker with Gwen and Mary, uh, mm-hmm. MJ, um, and then you have your own alternate universe spider-mans was that ever the same treatment for x-men with the comics is that maybe why it's, uh, it's in the comics there's the main i think they touch about touch upon that a little bit in loki actually there's the main timeline which is like the main one <laughs> and then there's alternate timelines where there's some distinctions and like miles morales for instance he comes from a different timeline technically um okay. And yeah, it's so it's so confusing, but it's like there's <laughs> multiple X Men at different timelines, but like 
they don't really touch upon it a lot. Like they have been their own. It, yeah, it's it's so confusing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, yeah. Shoot. Uh, I mean, what, what else can we talk about? <laughs> it was just a really entertaining movie, honestly. Yeah. Uh, um, Zamboni <laughs> Death loved my favorite death. I love a Zamboni Death. Just I thought that scene was great. He's like, I'm gonna kill you in five minutes. Like when he's on like I. Like a person crawling, I, I love that. Yeah, yeah when he gets his I love the the character of Al. I think she complimented him really well. I oh, yeah, she's cute. Talked. Yeah. <laughs> I know she reminded me of my ex. You know, where you know she's like, I love my cocaine. Just so it's like, oh. I like cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I like the um, Ikea furniture building as well. And then she sits down and the whole drawer comes apart. Really funny. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I guess, would we actually change it? Yeah, I mean, uh, the budget? <laughs> yeah, with budget or no budget? Uh, the budget, I think I'd give him like 20 more million dollars. I don't know. I mean, that'd be my biggest thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the the budget constraint is not something I was like totally aware of before this, but oh, no? no, I remember there was like, I just remember it was like delayed at one point, but I oh, yeah. wasn't wasn't aware of like what was happening behind the scenes. But yeah, I'd say if they had a larger budget, eh, that would be very helpful to. The, the overall production i think if they had like more time to flesh out certain characters and mm -hmm. also buy better rights to a better villain because mm. ajax is yeah. kind of a sleeper and i don't care for him at all um mm -hmm. yeah just like fleshing out characters a bit more maybe get a few more x-men in there i've never heard of negasonic teenage warhead before but she's pretty cool you can keep her in there just add like add like Cyclops maybe like a Wolverine cameo in there or something yeah. and yeah I don't know better villain yeah. better characters and uh, fix fix the the love part of this I feel like I feel like I don't care for for Vanessa do something there oh that do something that makes me care for Vanessa like I think I think I think she has to she has to be more involved um with the story of the villain rather than just getting kidnapped at the very end because he was too scared to say that he came back like that's literally the the whole thing is that he didn't say what he had to say he dodged he comes back and oh now she's kidnapped yeah it did feel very like silent movie you know girl trapped on train tracks and like guy with the curly q mustache like oh kind of a thing like it didn't feel fleshed out at all um i that's what i would uh that's what i would say too it was like flesh her out give her a purpose for being there because otherwise i think you could have completely cut out the vanessa character and still had the movie and it would still make sense um yeah i like you know what, this is not the fault of the movie, um, but I don't feel like the movie was very much for someone like me. Like, I, I'm not going to watch this again. I mean, I know this is my second time watching it, but after this, I'm probably done. 
only because it's very hyper masculine and they try to make that joke of like oh it's like you know like it's like being hyper masculine is kind of like uh it's like you're like you're weird and you're kind of like it like it tries to make fun of them but he also like loves all these kind of you know typically things that aren't masculine like broadway theater or the golden girls or stuff like that but it still really plays with that like douche bro kind of high school frat boy mentality that I don't really care for in movies like and so I'm not gonna like I know it has the audience there's an audience for it I just don't think I am the audience for that so on that note alone it's not something that I would it's not like a blu-ray that I would buy and be like oh we have to watch Deadpool um just but I don't think there's anything against that it's just it's not my brand of tea like and I don't think I will be drinking it again anytime soon um what I would change just with the Vanessa thing, just flesh her out. And um, otherwise, I think Ryan Reynolds being cast as Deadpool, I think we mentioned before, great. I think it could go down as like his defining role. I thought he was really great in this. And I, yeah, I think, I believe it was Alonzo that said this, that like, you know, up until this point, he had really kind of done a bunch of different stuff, but this was one that really felt like, oh, it's Ryan Reynolds. Like this is, some, this is an actual like person or like image that he's created. And it's like, okay, this is distinguishable. Like we can like tell the difference between say a Ryan Reynolds character and like a Daniel Craig character. And um, I, that's what I, I really enjoyed about that movie. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Um, anybody else changing, changing any? Yeah. Um, being a hypocrite. Um, I agree with Matt. Yeah, it's this movie does feel like super like dude broy. I'm not into mm -hmm. that type of stuff myself either. But at the same time, hypocrite. Um, I kind of wish there was more gore in the movie. I, to be honest, I kind of wish it was grosser. It to me, yeah. this movie just felt really safe. It almost the best way I can describe this movie really is like it's like the people who think Fifty Shades of Grey is kinky. Mm. It's like <laughs> it's not. It's just man. Just so elementary. Yeah. It's like and to me it's like I just wish this was just like a gore fest and mm -hmm. maybe just yeah, make it just grosser. Even though oh. it does have at least like dude bro humor, which I hate. Mm -hmm. Um I still wish it was violent, more gorier. But that's the Com main change with me, honestly. That's your big pass. Yeah. Completely, but... completely agree. Like if there was if they had just dialed the gore up to like a thousand, then I would rewatch this movie. Then I would look past like the broiness of it all and I'd be like, yes. Like I would have loved like him cutting someone in half with a katana and then while he's doing it and blood and guts spilling out, also like a shit drops from his like asshole or something. Like something like <laughs> graphic like that that you wouldn't expect. I would love. Love yeah, it love. Yeah. Anything like that. You know, like I said, it just felt too vanilla for me. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's the case for me. Okay. Cool. Um, Lucia, uh, did you say anything about any change or no? Yeah, you did, right? I think so. I mean, all points are being made here. Like, change Vanessa, yeah, yeah. definitely change Ajax. Screw Ajax. You can't just put a sexy British man and not give me a storyline. I'm sorry. Like, I want to know more. It's like Tom Hiddleston or, like, you know, any Commonwealth man, I'm like, I'm about it already from the accent alone, but come on, get, I can't be that fooled. Um, but yeah, Vanessa definitely, like, it would even be cool if you made Vanessa like a mutant from something else. Um, and then like, she has like a secret past, like it's revealed once Wade becomes uh, immortal, right? And things like that, like definitely rewrite Vanessa. 
Um, I don't know about dialing up the gore. I think definitely dialing up the stakes and even like situations they find themselves in. I don't know. But like, I don't know, like Matt said, like this is a fun movie. I was definitely entertained. It's probably not my cup of tea straight from the get-go, but like it was a nice movie to like pass a time being like, oh, I don't know what to watch. Let me watch something that I don't usually watch. And I actually enjoyed it. Um, I don't know about like... It feels, dude, bro, I would say it feels like that one movie that, like, middle school boys or, like, freshman year high school boys would just, like, glorify and being like, this is what masculinity is. But, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's, like, adult dude, bro. It definitely feels childish. It definitely feels, uh, it's definitely, like, catered to an audience. But I don't know if it was enough for me to be like, ugh, this is, like, awful. I was just like, eh, whatever. But, yeah, maybe it's, like, the middle school uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker or something like that. But I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's definitely not, like, American Pie. But it's, like, I feel yeah. like it's in that same vein, just attached. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's, it's, like, half a step and a half away from it. Like, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's riding a fine line. Like, uh, Deadpool the character would definitely fuck a pie. Absolutely. 100%. He already fucked a unicorn, so what's stopping him? There you go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Aaron, uh, well, I... did you say anything about change or no? Not yet. Um, well, in terms of the, the tone thing about American Pie, actually, I think I mentioned it earlier. One of Ryan's earlier movies, uh, Van Wilder, is very American Pie-ish. But he's also, he does carry, this character carries the same kind, kind of sarcastic attitude and presence that he carries in this movie. So I think that, like, kind of carry like you'll see you can see i can see that um in terms of like vanessa i didn't think about this earlier but in the comics vanessa is actually a, has like a past and stuff like that and she actually has superpowers in the, in the comics they never actually do yeah they don't bring it up at all here but like she is like a full mutant and like she's got a whole like secret past and shit she's really cool in the comics yeah wow i predicted it i think so when powerful. she was like copycat or something is like her or silver fox okay. something she has like a really cool name and stuff. Okay. um one thing i would change also is just like the they did like play around with the non-linear storytelling but i feel like the actual structure of the movie is very basic and like i don't know, like the his the character motives it's just kind of like like the main question being asked from deadpool's like perspective in terms of his motives is will Francis uh, give him his normal face back? But, like, if you understand the comics, which the majority of the f people that watched this, I'm sure, did, at least a little bit, like, he, you know that that's, the answer to that is no. So it's, like, there are no real stakes if you are familiar with the comics. And so you just kind of, you're, they're pulling, they're, they're purely pulling and using fan service, which, as a fan, I enjoyed. But at the same time, I wish there was more in terms of the actual structure of the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that helps. That helps a lot. Thank you for that. Uh, definitely, we'll save you for last. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I said I said mine earlier. Just the budget, because I'm pretty sure if they had double the budget, at least double the budget, it would have helped alleviate a lot of these problems. Yeah. Um, oh, I looked up the the budget. So for Deadpool, the budget was fifty eight million, 
And just for reference, another amazing Ryan Reynolds movie called Green Lantern was 200 million. So it was Damn. almost four times more. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Dear. Yeah. <laughs> we need a CGI suit. My God, Deadpool <laughs> yeah, I... is actually Deadpool an indie movie. Look at that. My God. <laughs> hey. Damn. All right. Uh, cool. Um, all right. So, what what do we think? Does this uh does this movie stand the test of time? Anybody? I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't know. I'll go for a little. Going yes. on. Oh, sorry. A long time. I'm gonna say yes and no on because one, um, especially at the time before Disney bought Fox, I honestly respected uh, Fox for making this choice, releasing this movie. Like it, like I think Valentina said, like it definitely went, like definitely turned like superhero genres around. And I felt like Fox was the first one to actually make that bold choice, making it like R rating, and you know just just be more creative or just branch out more with the superhero genre. Like I said, even though I'm not the huge fan of the humor in this movie, I do think it definitely changes a lot for the genre as a superhero film. But at the same time, I'm going to say no, because I feel like Ryan Reynolds is just milking Deadpool right now. Like, I think he just got too popular to the point. Like, he's just, or for me personally, he's just kind of irritating me now. Like, he's like those actors like The Rock and even Chris Pratt right now. Where I feel like he's just in everything to the point, like, it's just kind of getting irritating. To me, at least. Like, I'm just tired of seeing him everywhere, honestly. Like, I just don't want to see him in anything, any commercial or stuff like that. Like, just take a break, in my personal opinion. But, I mean, for Ryan Reynolds, definitely a huge plus for him that this movie definitely helped him, helped his career out, for sure. But that's my two cents right there. Anybody Hello? else? Yeah, Matt, Matt was going to say as as Lucia, as you delightfully put it, he reminds you of like you know the that one asshole guy you have a crush on in high school, and he totally does. Still for me, he I totally does. Totally does. I have a specific. I know you have a specific person because I have a specific person in mind as well. Um, but yeah, it just I don't know. I like. I think it stands. I think it stands the test of time for the Marvel fans because I think this is something that like Marvel fans genuinely like i mean the thing has uh eight out of ten on imdb and i believe it's like critic score is like in the 80s on rotten tomatoes um so the fans and the critics definitely did like it and i know that it made like 700 million at the box office um which against a 50 million budget that's a huge take home um yeah i think just for the fact that it kind of broke the mold for what a superhero movie could be um, in terms of crassness and um, and I don't know and just in that it doesn't the hero does not have to be like a hero in the Marvel universe like they really even though they had done that in the comics with the Deadpool comic strip um, just doing that for the first time really with this movie I think kind of sets a new um, that's a new blueprint for the rest of the super like whatever can be expected from superhero movies to come so in that way it does um stand the test of time but i don't know i again i i don't know that it stands the test of time for me personally probably for certain people but not for me 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would say, like, I don't want to say it narrowly misses not standing the test time because it does do things very well and it does do, have some shortcomings. I think it's, like, a good, decent movie, like you said, Matt, where, like, it just adds to what is possible within the superhero genre. Like, we had Kick-Ass. We had Watchmen. Um, Sucker Punch. Even, like, yeah, Sucker Punch. We even had, like, Scott Pilgrim could even be one of them. But, like, uh, and then all the Marvel stuff. And so I feel like this just adds, like, another angle where um, it shows, like, the more, like, rats. Like, it could be, like, this kind of family guy kind of treatment of the superhero. Um, and, yeah, I don't know if it's definitely not going to be in my, like, you know, library. That's for sure. But, like, I enjoyed it. And I think it's, like, a good movie to enjoy. And, I mean, this was 2016. So, like, it has... You know, there's some things that we wouldn't, that we still laugh at, even though we're like, oh, that's not something to joke about, but like, kind of funny, or like, whatever. Um, but like, I think, yeah, I think it's pretty, pretty okay. It's not, it's not like, oh yeah, it's here to stay, but it's also like, I don't think it would be leaving anytime soon, or like, not be talked about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I agree. I, like, I think it'll be one of those movies, uh, I think it's the movie that really kind of helped for the for audiences to really understand like because ryan reynolds is kind of like typecasting himself right now like he's, he's choosing to be the kind of the same character in movies now that he kind of sees what works i guess mm-hmm. and i think this movie was the one that really kind of sh- showed the audience and studios like hey this is this is my strengths like i'm this is my kind of humor if you put me in the writer's room in this way i will give you my i'll get you good box office numbers and that kind of stuff so I think this movie will be known as like the movie that started that for him. Because um, before that, it was a lot of like, he was in lead in movies, but it was like there was zero playing to his strengths, I guess, in those movies. So it just didn't work out. Um, I think this movie also, it was one of the big movies in terms of comic book accuracy. Like it being like, this movie is very comic book accurate. Like I think, it's, like superhero movies, I think it's doing better now, but it was kind of going down this this trend of if we're going to make a movie about people in spandex, we're going to have to try to make it super realistic in terms of explaining who these characters are and how their costumes even work and that kind of stuff. And I think because Deadpool was previously kind of a victim of that with the X-Men origin stuff, they chose to just completely lean into the comic book accuracy and not care about the explanations and just kind of true to the characters i guess in that sense and since it was so successful and it was very mainstream uh, in terms of its audience it kind of has propelled that specific superhero industry to kind of follow suit not completely but just enough to kind of stop trying to explain shit so much yeah 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 i think okay. i think it's a yes and no as far as standing the test of time because as far as it's contributions to cinema and it's like will it stand the test of time in that sense no i don't think it will i don't think it elevated anything necessarily i think it may have shifted um a little bit of what we expect from mainstream superhero films but i don't think that is going to extend any farther than like what we what we know right now but it also, I believe, will stand the test of time because up until this point, Deadpool was sort of 
a niche character for comic book savvy people and people who play video games who might have come across the character. That's where I first learned from Deadpool was um, Marvel's Ultimate Alliance, um, old Xbox 360 game. And that's kind of where my knowledge of the character came from. And this movie kind of, I think, grabbed a lot of resources and tried to elevate Deadpool into uh, the mainstream. And I think that it all came to, you know, its climax with the release of the movie. And now Deadpool, I feel, is more of a mainstream uh, Marvel character. Uh, Definitely through the help of Ryan Reynolds and his portrayal of Deadpool, I think is now probably the most comic accurate version of, I think, almost like any superhero out there right now. Uh, So I think that is going to be what resonates for a long time is the character itself. Maybe the movie and its plot elements are kind of going to be forgotten and kind of tossed to the wayside. But I think that we're all going to remember Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. So even though I don't like the guy that much, I think that this is going to gonna be what follows him for better or worse uh, throughout, his, throughout his career. And I think he should uh, definitely, uh, I guess, play into it. Maybe it could get annoying, but I think that that it's it's really who he is. Like this is like Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds are like one and the same at this point now, and I don't think that's gonna change in the mind of of any viewers. And I think that's gonna be why this stands the test of time. Kind of adding on to that, I think this movie will long, it'll last as long as the, this genre kind of reigns supreme. I think because there is kind of like a bit of a, a superhero movie bubble that's like slowly inflating more and more mm-hmm. and eventually it's going to get tiring to the point where the movies aren't going to be successful anymore and so i think it'll kind of similar to kind of like westerns of the old age and like disaster movies of like the 2000s like as soon as the genre ends i don't think it's going to be seen as appealing but i think until it disappears it'll be lasting i guess mm-hmm. you're excited for that to happen <laughs> Uh, no, well, Stan, Stan, for me, I have to agree all around with everybody because it's a, it's a yes because it's associated with a franchise and, and a genre, a popular genre, but it also subverts and completely refreshes that genre, so it does that, and then it's also, like, just, like, a well-casted, just, with Deadpool as Ryan Reynolds, and, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you got uh, Stan Lee's blessing, so you, it's part of the universe. So I forgot yeah, he was the DJ in the movie, huh? Yeah, yeah at the club. strip club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's uh, yeah, it, it's a part of it. Yeah, and um, I think uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely gonna stick around. Yeah, yeah, everybody said exactly what I was thinking and what I was feeling. I was like, ooh, you guys are making it so easy for me to... <laughs> you guys are hitting all every every feeling I'm like, tearing up at me about the movie. But yeah, I agree. Yes, and mm-hmm. no. Not me personally, yeah. because after the movie theater, I never saw it until this review. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> but... Uh, 
Oh, yes, because of its association with the pop culture. Oh, yeah. Alrighty. Cool. Oh. Alrighty, hello. Uh, geez. Uh, for schedule. <laughs> um, uh, here, I'm just going to pull it up for the next technically episode. Um, to tell people what we're watching. So, for the, for the, the, for the month of February, the next movie will be The Witch. <gasps> the Witch. Nice. The Witch. Oh. A yes. movie I actually have seen? What? Let's nice. go. <laughs> And I own it. Let's go. That's going to be a good one. I love. Yeah. Pilgrim Horror. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Love Pilgrim Horror. Alrighty. So, yeah, that was our our review of, five-year review of Deadpool 2016. Woo. Woo. Uh, Way to go, everybody. We did it. Um, Yeah. I was your host, Valente Martinez. And, uh. Catch me on Instagram at Lentv Martinez. Go ahead, guys. Give me your socials up. Find me on Alonso one seventeen one thousand Instagram and Letterboxd. Oh my God! You guys, you told everybody your Instagram. <laughs> Best memes in the business. Let me tell you. <laughs> For real. Uh, Alonso the meme king. Uh, you can follow me on my personal. Rx Vega underscore. I'm pretty sure I gave out my wrong one last time, so mm. I apologize, listener. And also follow me at Camera Vega on Instagram and TikTok. You can follow me Lucia Ventura a uh, a. Uh, so there's three A's at the end on Instagram, and just L Ventura a a a three A's at the end on Twitter. Um, and let me know what you did while you were listening to this podcast. I ate spaghetti. It was delicious. If you ate something, let me know. What did you eat? Would love to know. Just to let her know out of context, like, hey, I, I ate some sandwiches. Do I don't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but what kind of sandwiches? <laughs> um, and oh, then uh, you- um, I am. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, we are just jinx. Um, me and Aaron were competing for who's going to go second to last. Um, Aaron, if you want to go, I will be last. It's okay with me. Go for it. Sounds good. Sounds good. If you want to follow me at Eleanor on Instagram, two ways you can. If you don't want to, it's fine. You can follow me, then I follow you. Then you, you can follow me after I follow you if you want. You can do that. Whatever you want. Your turn. And for all things old Hollywood and pop culture and Mariah Carey Stanishness, you can follow me at some like it Matt on Instagram. And I am also on Grinder. So if you, listener, are also queer and on Grinder as well, please give me a message. Say hi. You want to get a drink with me? Cool. You want to send a dick pic? Also cool. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Uh, excited for the next one, guys. Bye. 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 Take care. Bye.